You're listening to The Butterfly Effect Podcast, episode number 10. Today I'm sitting down with Josh McGowan, the young mastermind and owner of the supplement world chain stores popping up all across the province. Creating an impact with what athletes and health enthusiasts put into their bodies, his store gives a new face to supplements and health food. Find out what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in an industry that is pretty hard to crack into. This episode of the Butterfly Effect podcast is sponsored by Riel Seren from TMG The Mortgage Group. Riel is a mortgage broker in Saskatchewan who specializes in finding you the best mortgage with the lowest rates. With over 30 options, there's a good chance he provides mortgages through your current bank, but with a guarantee you will get a lower rate. The only way to know you are getting the best mortgage is to compare it with every other option in Canada, and that is something Riel can do for you. We already know the benefits of customizing a meal plan or a workout around your needs, and your mortgage is no different. Riel will customize the exact mortgage for you. Service is always free, and he will guarantee to find you a better mortgage. Visit his website at www.lowermyrate.ca to find out more. If you enjoy this episode, all I ask is that you screenshot it and share it on your social media story or feed to show your love. If you have a second to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, the show can continue to grow and expand its listeners. Taking the time to share it with your followers and subscribe will totally help keep it thriving so I can continue to bring you more quality episodes like the one you listened to today. This is the Butterfly Effect Podcast, and I'm Ashlyn Newlove, tackling everything from fitness, nutrition, business, life, ice cream cones, and everything else in between to help inspire people to make one change that causes their ripple effect. Welcome to episode number 10. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm a fitness and nutrition coach helping people have fun, keep fit, and reach their goals while they're at it with my online program, The Sweat Effect. Being in the health and fitness industry, obviously I have to check out all of the health food and supplement stores around, and that was exactly how I met Josh. I'm always scouring different establishments to find the most delicious way to reach my nutrition goals and to stay on top of the latest health food trends so I can educate and recommend the best routes possible for my clients to take. Josh is also constantly researching products to bring into his store in an attempt to please the ever-changing health and fitness market, which I mean, come on, they are hard to please sometimes. <laughs> so welcome, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we're going to just kind of start at the beginning. So for those listeners who don't know you, like, what does your journey look like? Kind of what is your personal and career life evolved from? And what does it look like now? Just give us the scoop on Josh McGowan. <laughs> yeah, it starts like a long time before we actually started with our supplement store. Um, before, I've always kind of been somebody like when I get into something, I get really into it. So it used to be actually music. That was what I was first really into and I'd go home and play guitar for like four or five hours a day and uh, I don't know I really liked it and then I started teaching guitar and loved that and then somewhere along the way I kind of started going to the gym and playing guitar and uh, I don't know it used to be I'd read my guitar magazines and sit at home and you know research musicians or whatever just as much as I could take in and then it slowly started shifting to you know I'd read a little bit about music and then a little bit about nutrition or supplements or working out and then uh, just kind of slowly 
tipped towards more and more reading about nutrition, fitness, that that kind of lifestyle. And that's kind of when I really fell in love with it. I liked, uh, I think I liked learning about it as much as I actually liked working out. And I liked working out a lot, but I don't know. There's, I've always, I've always been a reader. And so for me to read about something that I'm interested in, it just, I don't know. It's just what I really love to do. And so I actually ended up getting a job at a fitness store. Yeah. Um, and that was something that I didn't know because you, we had kind of um, just emailed a little bit back and forth before we sat down today. And I didn't realize that, yeah, we, I know that yeah. sounds crazy. Like, <laughs> oh, you mean you didn't just open a supplement store before working in the industry? <laughs> like, that makes well, sense. Yeah. Honestly, most people do, though. They look, a lot of people, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people look at it as an investment opportunity. Um, whereas for me, it was more, it was just something that I loved to do. And I think that's something that's helped us along the way. Like it's, it, um, especially when I was, you know, 22, 23, it was just, it was so genuine. I was so naive. I didn't know anything about having to pay bills or anything. I, I lived at my parents' house. Um, so like I had no motivation to like, you know, get rich or need money right away. I literally just loved working at the supplement store. And at the time I was just like, this is really cool that I can, that I can do this. Um, but it definitely like started a lot smaller. Like I uh, didn't have like the fanciest store when we started. It was kind of a rundown location with with not a lot of stock. Um, I don't and, know. Like I think you're being kind of hard on yourself. No, I you, shopped there. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 it so it started out a lot different than how it ended at that location. Um, I was really lucky that my uncle Scott he can he can do pretty much anything with his hands. So he got in there and he built the entire thing for me uh, he, for free. He didn't charge me anything. So my Uncle Scott literally did the build out. Uh, my grandpa was in there helping me hang up the shelves and stuff. My mom painted it. Um, That's huge as a fresh business owner if you don't oh, have to yeah. put those expenses out there. Yeah, I couldn't have done it. Um, so like it was a lot of family help to get it going. And then just we started with just what I thought were the best products in the industry at the time. And luckily I had worked in the industry for about four years. So I kind of knew what we needed for a variety and depth of stock to keep, to keep enough people happy and keep people coming back. And uh, just really focused on like giving everybody the the best service I could and really helping people actually find the products they, they maybe needed to take. And need is a strong word because in the supplement industry, you don't really need anything, but um the products that would actually benefit them rather than trying to load them up with three or four things that maybe maybe only one or two is something that's really going to benefit them. Um, and we just kind of earned repeat business through that. And uh, that's kind of how we grew it. I just kept putting every dollar that we sold back into buying more stock. And then that would be the, the store that you saw towards, you know, the middle or the end where it had pretty good selection, pretty good inventory. It was filled out nicely was a lot different than where we started. Yeah, so you were 22 when you first started? 22, yeah. Like, building the store and things like that? Yeah. And, like, at, at 22 years old, like, I think, and that was a long time ago for me, <laughs> but I look back at 22 years old, I definitely didn't have a clue about, um, you know, a business sense or running a business. And I know you worked in the industry a bit before, yeah, yeah. so that does play a huge role. Yeah. But I mean, it's a big investment to start. So did you have investors with you? Like, did your family help you out? Um, well, so my investment wasn't actually that, that big. 
Um, and I did have some money saved up when you're teaching guitar and living at home. You get paid pretty good to do that. Really? And so I saved up some money, but not a, not a huge chunk. And then, yeah, I did have help with starting it. I had a loan, um, which that was very stressful for me. I had never actually, like, been in debt. So I that's why, like, I, I lived with my parents for... I don't know the exact time frame, so I don't want to, you know, say an exact amount of time, but I think it was around a year I lived there after opening just so I could pay off everything as, as quickly as I could. Um, and then luckily, like I, I didn't really like going out at the time and stuff. So for me, it wasn't a huge sacrifice to stay home and save money. Um, but yeah, that, that was stressful having that kind of hanging over your head, knowing that if, if it didn't work out you're 22 years old with, with all this debt and nothing to, it's not like you come up with a degree where you have, you know, debt, but you can go get a good job and work towards paying it off. You just, you have the debt. Yeah. And I think sometimes people just see like, oh, yeah. And it's mainly people in the health and fitness industry. They're like, that's super cool because you get to work in a place where you love all of the products that you're selling. So that must just be super fun. And then don't think about, oh yeah, like he actually had to put himself out there, get a loan and just hope that customers were going to walk in the door based on how you were doing your marketing. Because honestly, you don't know unless you're doing it, if it's working or not, right? Yeah, you really don't. And especially back then, like social media is a lot, it's a lot better now. It's, well, I shouldn't say it's better now, but it's, I have a better handle on it now. I kind of know what's going on. But I remember when we started, like literally all I did to advertise it was on my personal Instagram, which had like a hundred followers and my personal Facebook. I just made a post saying that I was opening this supplement store. And I was lucky that I knew a lot of people in that world already. I had worked at um, a really busy gym in the area, like a couple minutes away from our location for a few years. I'd worked at uh, Motion Fitness on University Heights, which yeah. is only probably three or four minutes from where our first location was. And so just through like a lot of people really helping out, like telling their friends to give us a shot or whatever, it was it was a lot of word of mouth really helped off the start. And then from that, I could try different advertising methods. But for the most part, like I found for us, advertising has been just like good referrals, treating people good, getting involved in community like events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which... I, like I think community events are huge. Um, and... It just gets your name out there. And it's like, it's not about people think that there's, I bet you get hit up a lot for free stuff, you know? And, yeah. but you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and and you want to try to support things. And it is hard to say no to somebody because you do want to be, you know, that person in the community that, you know, is seen as being super giving stuff. But it also does in the long run end up paying off. Yeah, it definitely does. And like, you know, I don't ever want it to seem like that's why we do that stuff. And it it actually isn't like that's for me kind of the the fulfilling part of the job, which sounds whatever it's maybe sounds like you're saying it to say it, but it it really is fulfilling. And I think a lot of other people who own their own businesses would agree that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong, but you know, in the business scheme of things, like when we're talking, putting something out there into the world, and that's kind of like my thing that I talk about of it, like put you put out into the world what you want to receive back to you it's like if you're gonna go and donate things and you know help people out along the way the universe recognizes that and brings it back to you as well so not saying that that's the motive behind the giving and things like that but it is huge for marketing and you're also a business so you know 
uh, free things don't pay the bills (laughs) and (laughs) the universe shines back on you by sending customers through your door. Yeah. And it, especially in Saskatoon, it really seems like it's like a group of people here that if, if you support them, they're pretty loyal and supportive in return. Um, I've definitely like thought a lot about, you know, I, I, I wonder would, would this have worked in a different city? And I honestly don't know if it would have like, when you look at what we started as, um, just the way our store looked and where it was and what we had um, versus competitors, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that our store would have had enough of like a wow factor in maybe a bigger market to um, to actually gain like a a support network. But in Saskatoon, people are just they're they're so supportive of good people who try to do good for the community. So I think we're really lucky that we started here. Yeah. And actually that's something that Courtney and I have talked about. So the listeners know Courtney because she's been on the show a couple of times, but we're just like, Josh has like a following of people like his customers, like want to, they want to support you as well. And I think that reflects back in, you know, the things that, like I said, that you're putting out into the world, they, and their supporters. And like I said, as a following, it's like, it's nice to have that. I, I don't, I don't want to use the word support again, but they just love you. It's, it's pretty much <laughs> the only word I can use too is like supporters. But I actually think, I don't think that, you know, from the outside, maybe it looks like I have a big support network. And I, I think I do have a lot of people who support me and I'm really thankful for that. But I actually think that the big factor for us was that like when we started, um, not right from the very start, but pretty quickly, I hired two other guys who they were Nathaniel and Landon, and they took a lot of ownership and they like they really looked after people well. And I think that what it actually is is we had like a support network of like three people building these these deep relationships and these like networks. You know, we had Nathaniel bringing people in from his rugby team. Um, He's been a diehard member at that Moss and Gym for for years, um, and he was so nice. He was always working whenever yeah. we were in. It was just like it. The coincidentally, he was always in the store, and I'm like, I feel like we're friends. I was like, he doesn't <laughs> even know me, but I was yeah. Like... He was a good guy, and honestly, it wasn't coincidence. It's that he was literally there 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. five days a week, and for a while, he was even working weekends too. So we had like we had like three guys who were operating the business like they owned it they cared about like they owned it and um i mean we did everything together at the time so you know like the three of us were out we were out at all the community events um and it wasn't it was just so genuine like it wasn't out doing it for the business it's just that we all we all loved the same stuff so we just hung out all the time so it was like it was a pretty like i don't know it was a pretty unique um situation that we were in and it helped us i think gain a lot of gain a lot of relationships. Yeah. And that I think was the key part. Like I said, I felt like he was so genuine and like actually cared and chatted and, you know, wasn't salesy or anything like that. So he like, and just like recognized me when I came in. And I think that's a huge part of it when somebody feels special, right? Yeah, I think so too. There's something to like, you know, you walk in, people know your name and maybe they remember what you took last time so they can give you give you more targeted advice even because if they know that you took something and it it didn't work so good for you or it worked really well for you they can steer you to a better product for the next time um yeah and it just it looks like then you're like oh they cared yeah yeah, yeah. and like he Nathaniel was a good guy he really did care so he was he was an awesome one to have off the start and then 
I think everybody knows who Landon is. He he was kind of my hype man for a while. I was never very outgoing. I was pretty like <laughs> introverted might be the word. Not yeah. like antisocial, but introverted. I just... Just a quieter guy. Yeah. 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 And then so <laughs> Landon was almost my little hype man. Just And, you know, if I was a little nervous to take a risk or a step, Landon's the one kind of just telling you, no, just do it. It'll work. Just do it. Do it. Yeah. And like he is... And I want to say pretty big in like the bodybuilding world in Saskatoon. Yeah, which is a different world than than any of us were in. Mm-hmm. Not to say like we all watch it and like it, but none of us are competitive bodybuilders. Right. right. Um, okay, so we we just talked about this briefly and I found this super interesting like right before we started. But a day in the life, what does it look like for you? <laughs> it's changed a lot now. Do you want to know what day in the life now or Yeah, I want to know was? a day in the life now. Now? Okay. Um... Normally, when I get up, um, this is apparently a really bad habit, but I'm just going to say what I do is first thing I do is actually go and check all my messages on social media and stuff. But it's not it's not for the purpose of going and scrolling social media and seeing what's new. It's that I just I find I'm most productive first thing in the morning. Um, And so I get up and I start answering messages um, get back to as many people as I can. And then that way I can find like by the time the store is open, um, which is 10 o'clock, I can put my phone away for a little bit and actually help customers in the store. Cause that's, that's something I have a tough time balancing is getting back to all the text messages and emails and Instagram messages and Facebook messages, um, without ignoring people like in the real world. Um, so I know that it's kind of, you know, a lot of people like to get up and read a book or go for a walk. Um, and a lot of times I'll, I'll do that on the treadmill. I'll get up and go downstairs. There's a treadmill in the, in the condo that I live in downstairs. And so I'll answer the messages on there. Um, but just kind of get that out of the way first thing. And then I try to get to at least two of the stores every single day. So right and now- And are you at one by 10, one of the stores by 10? Yeah, I'm not going to say every single day. Yeah. But normally I am. Um, and then I'll stay like two or three hours at one store, kind of chat with the staff a bit. I'm pretty much friends with everybody who works there. Um, so I'll chat a little bit and then get to making the rounds, doing what we need to order. And then when customers come in, then that way I can just actually focus on, you know, catching up with the people. Um, I don't get to see people as often as I used to when I'm like between the three stores or it's four stores now. Um, when I'm kind of trying to balance my times, so when I do see people, I like to actually get to catch up. Um, so I try to dedicate as much time each day as I can to that. So you're in stores like for the majority of the day then? Yeah, I'm going to be at one of the stores. Um, when like we went through a rebranding, so we, we started out as a different name. We mm-hmm. rebranded a supplement world. Um, there was probably a six or seven month period there where I wasn't in the stores as much as I would have liked to have been during that just because there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff to deal with there um with getting rid of the old name and uh trying to learn like trademark law on the fly and figure it out without spending like thousands of dollars on lawyers and stuff um because as a small business you don't really have that you don't have like ten thousand dollars to put into legal fees and hope everything works out. It's also like, I just need to get a few things done. And as much as I would love to see everybody at the stores, I just, there's not time for both things because you, you won't get anything done in that 
the unsexy stuff that nobody cares about, like trademark laws, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm that's, I just, I don't like the paperwork and stuff, but you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm lucky that like my old man, he's, um, he's an accountant by trade. So that's what, that's what he did that for the start of his career. I wouldn't say he's an accountant now, but he's got all the skills that have helped me know what to do for bookkeeping and payroll and remitting all those like GST, PST, whatever. I shouldn't, he, he does most of that for me or with me. I was going to ask you, does, do you have somebody doing that for you? Because yeah, that and, takes a lot of time. Yeah. And that's like, that's why I'm able to spend so much time in the stores. Like, like I always go back to my support network being why we're able to expand and why we've been um, able to do what we do. It's, it's because of that. Like even from the start, I didn't have to worry about like going home and doing bookkeeping and making sure my taxes were paid on time. Um, I had my dad helping me with that. Mm-hmm. That's huge. So, yeah, it, it is huge. And I mean, it's also, it saves you money too, especially off the start. Once you're bigger, you can maybe afford an accountant or a bookkeeper or whatever. Um, but when you're one store trying to pay off, pay off debt and grow your inventory and grow your costs, it's, it's tough. So that helped a lot. And that's even to this day, he still helps me a ton with that. So I'm able to spend probably more time in the stores than most entrepreneurs because I've got that support network. I can just focus on the parts that I'm good at. So if you're doing like the scheduling and, you know, some payroll stuff and, you know, some of that paperwork stuff, yeah. do you ever do that like in the back room at the store or that's something you reserve for like at home because you, it's hard to get done in store? It's really hard to get done in store. Um, I still have a bad habit of like, I'll pull out my phone and start working on stuff that kind of pops into my mind. Like if, if all of a sudden if I know there's a scheduling issue that I have to figure out and it pops into my mind at the store, I'll pull out my phone and start working on it. Um, but something I'm trying to do is my dad was talking about this actually is giving advice that like your mind should be where your body is. And obviously that doesn't work all the time, but that's if, really good advice. Actually. Yeah. I thought so. He, <laughs> he reads all this, yeah. He reads all these, like, I don't know if you want to, I don't want to call them self-help books, but all these professional development books. Yes. And, uh, so I remember when I was younger, his advice would just drive me crazy. It would just be like, no, like it doesn't work like that. <laughs> but then now he says little quotes like that. And I'm like, oh, that's probably pretty good advice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I try like, you know, when I'm in the store, I try to be engaging with customers or engaging with my staff. And if I'm at home, I, and I'm, I'm not perfect at this yet, but I try to do my paperwork and stuff when I'm in the, I don't have an actual office, but the office section of my home. Yeah. Um, and just keep those things separate like that so that I'm able to maintain some sort of normalcy, I guess. Because it, it's pretty consuming. Like when you have your, when your livelihood depends on your business running smooth and you, you can't be there all the time, like it can, it can take over your life. Um, so I found thinking like that, I think is a good solution to maybe helping prevent some of that. For sure. And I mean, there is the odd time that you do need to do things like, you need to answer something right now. Like if you're at home with your family or whatever, you need to answer something immediately. But in the huge grand scheme of, like, and I talk about this in my business as well, there isn't an emergency out there that in my type of business that, you know, like nobody is going to die if I don't answer this thing right now. Yeah. And that's, um, you're, you're completely right. And I have to accept that too because you know if somebody has a question about 
how does this chocolate protein taste? And they find out on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, they'll be okay. Yeah. Um, so that's something I, I try again to do everything as quick as I can, but it's but like not you said, realistic. it's hard because yeah. you love what you're doing and you know it's for your livelihood. So you're like, I want to jump on this right now. But then if you look at the whole, like all of, and I talk about buckets sometimes, like all the buckets in your life. So if you've got, you know, time with your girlfriend or like seeing your parents, um, plus, you know, doing like extracurricular, like fun things, plus work, it's like, are you putting you know, all of your energy into one bucket and like letting the others run dry. And I think that's a hard thing that most entrepreneurs have to find a balance with. So I think that's why I really like what your dad's quote is. Like, you know, if I'm out for supper with a friend and a message pops up from someone, it's like, for sure, yes, this could mean a sale. But if I answer it in an hour when I'm done supper those people are probably still going to be there, right? Most likely, yeah. And something like, I guess, like, if if you lose that sale by being an hour late, that's probably going to be a tough one to maintain for the long run anyways. So I'm trying to accept that too, that, like, yeah, sometimes you just have to maybe let something go. It'll, it'll probably come to you anyways when you do get back. But, you know, if, if you miss them by an hour and it's too late, it probably wasn't like a sure thing anyways and it probably also just doesn't matter that much yeah maybe it just wasn't meant to be right <laughs> yeah. yeah as much as like i'm not you were like trying to say that it's kind of like how it is for this one yeah and yeah. and you're like and people have to understand that too it's like you know you you know spending time with if you spend the majority of your time in the store as it is with people you have to dedicate some time to the other stuff in your life because you know what, the other people in your life are going to get kind of tired of it if they never see you or don't have your full attention and those types of things. Yeah, you could see like, well, I even noticed it, like friends that used to invite me to everything, like they, if I ever wanted to come, they'd for sure welcome me. But for a while, they just kind of stop asking because if you if you always forget to answer, or you're too busy and you can't make time, it's, it's you can't blame them. Yeah. Um, so I think something else, like, I'm trying to think of texting more like emailing now too. Like if I get a text message, like I tell myself it's okay if it takes like, you know, one to three business days to answer a text message. And it's, it's kind of weird to maybe people who aren't in the business world. Um, just because for them, texting is like an instant form of communication and it's just chatting with friends. But when you have to text all the time for ordering or, like, you know, the whole world has shifted. It's I'm almost like 50-50 text email now for oh, my really? business relationships. So texting kind of is like a business communication for me now. Um, so I, like I've, I've had to explain sometimes that, yeah, I take a couple of days. It doesn't mean I'm ignoring you, but, you know, if, if you answer everybody right away, you'll be on your phone all day. Yeah, for sure. So you're in the store until what time? Because obviously your health is important to you too. So when do you fit in that part? <laughs> yeah, Um I've, I've been trying so many different things actually to balance that for, for a long time. Um, you know, once we, when we just had the one store, it wasn't so bad. I would actually, I worked 10 AM till 9 PM, but it was so much fun, um, that I wasn't tired by the end of the day. And then I would just go to the gym right after work and then get up and do it all over again. Um, but not to say I'm old now, but four years later, I don't have the energy I did when I was 22, just starting. So now, like, if I work 10 a.m. till 9 p.m., my workout's 
definitely suffer if I go after work. So I like to kind of use it as like a lunch break. That's what I find works for me. Um, but it, to be honest, it very rarely works out that I get to go when I want to. Um, cause you know, if somebody, if somebody walks in as I'm about to leave and it's somebody I haven't seen in a while, I'm not going to brush them off and say, I have to go unless I really have to go. Um, I'll just reschedule my workout and the staff always kind of make fun of me. Cause I'll like, I'll take my pre-workout and I'll be ready to go to the gym. And then two hours later, I'm just hopped up in the store because <laughs> yeah. I didn't end up getting to go to the gym. So yeah. I'm jacked up on caffeine running around the store, but just how it goes sometimes. So I do, I do really want to work towards having like a set routine. I think that's really important. Um, and that would be something I'd suggest to people do. It's something I'd suggest for myself to do, but just, I haven't found a perfect routine that, that works for me yet. It's also new still. And like, like, you know, we went from two stores to three stores, back to two stores, to three stores, to four stores. <laughs> yeah. So like your life changes with that. And it seems like there's a big change every six months or so. So it's tough to get set into a routine when your when your whole life kind of changes every three, four, five, six months. Yeah. So kind of touching on the, the three stores to four yeah. stores, <laughs> you just opened one in Prince Albert and there was yeah. obviously a need for that there because I I don't why well, I don't know Prince Albert so well but I don't think they really had a a large um like supplement like was there even anything really there There's like kind of one store um, I don't want to like name names but yeah. it's just like one that it's like a pretty corporate store um but, so there have... you could have there is a market in PA Yeah like we're I, I would consider us the only store in our industry like in our version of the industry right and then you opened a third store in saskatoon and this is my question yeah was it just a good business opportunity that happened to fall into your lap or did you feel like you needed to hit that side of the city as well like you had enough of a following it needed to be over there yeah that one's actually a Interesting question. Um, I think it's a bit of both because we, so I, the very first location I looked at actually when we were, that was when we were under our different operating name, mm-hmm. um, was in Blairmore in the same parking lot that we just opened up in actually. Oh. Um, it was attached to the Dairy Queen and we didn't get the unit because at the time, um, my, like you have to personally guarantee a lot of these leases and I was worth like next to nothing. So the landlord just like, my personal guarantee wasn't worth enough that if we went out of business, he couldn't get any money out of me. Right. So that got shut down. Um, but so, you know, with that, I'd ever since I'd kind of like had it in my head that the West side might be a good idea and there was nothing over there. Um, and then over the years, there was lots of people asking for a store on the West side, but I did actually start to wonder, I saw how many people it took to support a store. And I was wondering like, is there, is there really enough of a population over there? Is it, is it possible? Um, like, are they driving to our other stores already yeah, as it is? Yeah, cannibalize it, stuff like that. But it got to a point where I started to feel like there were enough people, like, asking. And um, it's not like we did this out of the goodness of our heart for those people, but it kind of felt like it was the right thing to do to give it a try. And so I kind of started thinking about it um, more seriously. And then we, right when we actually looked at the unit in, in Blairmore, um, couple months after that a store actually went into that unit and Mm -hmm. they were another supplement store um so we just kind of left the idea alone it was another 
it was another local store and I didn't really have any interest in like going and opening up two blocks away from like a, a local store, like a lady who had just, I don't know, she had come from a store at Kindersley and put one mm-hmm. in Saskatoon and she purposely put it on the West side to be farther away from, you know, Your us stores, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of like, well, I'm, you know, as much as I'd like to put a store over there, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And then a mutual friend between us actually started working for them. And we were talking in the summer and I'd kind of mentioned, you know, like I, the lady who owned that store, she was a farmer or her husband was a farmer. I think she does a lot of work there too. They yeah. Store in I follow her on Instagram yeah, and, okay, and like yeah. they seem very, yeah, like they are busy people. They're very busy people. So I kind of brought up the idea to him to maybe chat with her and see, like, you know, is she, does she have any interest in maybe getting out of this? Um, just, I know she's probably really busy and this industry's gotten really tough over the years. And so he approached her and her and her husband actually were interested. They loved running their store in Kindersley. Um, they were just kind of too busy to keep up. Like it's it's tough if you're not able to be in your store. Yeah, and um, they live in Kindersley, so it was much easier for pro- them to probably run the, the their local store plus do their farming business and everything else. And they've got kids and... Yeah, they're just really busy. So, you know, we ended up talking and... Um, we both kind of had like a similar idea in our, in our head of how this could go. Um, and it was, it was really nice working with her actually. Like her name is Shiloh and it was just like it, I don't know, just like almost <laughs> use that meant to be phrase again. Like it almost just felt like it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, we discussed and we found a way to make it work and we, uh, we actually kept as many of their staff as we were able to as well, which um, she made clear was quite important to her that we try she's like you know I know you can't take everybody potentially but do what you can to try to keep keep as many people because she did really care about her staff too like she's just like a good person yeah and her store um, was super cute too like I I loved her products oh, and things like that as well her store is nice like yeah. we're lucky that we got to move into that unit because yeah. she had a good like she had a good vision in her head of how to how to lay everything out um so it was it was really nice for us to just move in there, put our product. We did put our own little touch on it a bit, but we didn't really have to change very much. So it kind of just fell into our lap, but it was also something that had been thought about for a while. Um, but I think that one was just like, like luck. It just kind of happened. <laughs> and now that you're at the place that you are with your businesses, like you were like fourth store, like, is everything still on you or do you get investors to open with you? Like, I know that your guys play a huge role in like helping you run your stores and stuff like that. And as a business owner, you want your staff to be as invested in your business as you are. And we talk about this a lot in like CrossFit gyms and things like that. And it's like, CrossFit coaches are also really passionate about what they do. And a lot of talk with, you know, people who own gyms, it's like, do you give your coaches and and staff like part of the ownership in order for them to feel like they're part of the business so that they're treating customers like they are their own as well? Or is it just you just trust them and they're really good staff and, you try to treat them well and that type of a thing. Um, you actually hit on a couple things that have been in my mind for a long time. Um, one is that I've never really said it like 
publicly, but like I wish if I could, if there's one thing I could redo, I'd probably would have given Nathaniel a little bit of ownership of the store. Um, he went to firefighting, you guys. You like he got into firefighting, and that's yeah. why. Like when I went into the store one time, he and he told me he was going. I was like, oh, yeah. that's so sad yeah. and selfish on my part. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like with him, like it wasn't like he was leaving for for more money or anything. Like I've known Nathaniel since high, well, actually elementary school. And he's always wanted to be a firefighter. So I knew that was a thing that was coming. And I realistically, I don't think offering him some would have changed it. I do think we're probably going to see Nathaniel back in the store. I think he'll end up working there once he's done school, like part-time. We've already been chatting about that. Um, People would be like, they'd be excited excited to see him. Yeah, Um, (laughs) And we're just like, we're really lucky that when he did go, we had... um, Paul, who a lot of people have gotten to know in that area, he was just finishing up school. So he was able to step in and um, he's a younger guy who seems to know everybody in that University Heights area. And he's he's just a good, like level headed guy. Um, he's got some like powerlifting world records. So he knows he knows his stuff. So we got really lucky that like we had somebody like that coming down the pipeline. But it really made me think, you know, like, what if we didn't? And that's kind of where I was like, you know, giving something to Nathaniel, if it would have worked, would have been a would have been a cool step. Um, as far as like giving up ownership right now, I'm not quite in a place where I feel comfortable doing it only because the staff that I've been kind of discussing future opportunities with, um, we're actually more looking at a lot of them want to kind of pursue opening their own supplement world in different, different markets. Um, so we're working on kind of developing them for that. And that's kind of, that's our plan as far as expansion goes. I don't really yeah, want to own it. more stores myself. It's it's too much. And I don't think that if I own 10 stores, I couldn't connect with people and help people the way I could if I owned three or four. So instead of giving up percentages of these stores to people right now, I'm they're, they're all operating like their owners. They all care so much. They're mm-hmm. all good friends. Um, I want to develop them so that they can help. I shouldn't say I want to develop them. I want to work with them to develop their skills so that they can eventually open their own mm-hmm. supplement world stores for sure and but it's like the brand that you created too so it's you are invested in making sure that the product out there is something that was your vision as well yeah. so you know even though it would be their own store and like how freaking cool is that did you ever sit back at 22 year old josh and be like i'm gonna have a chain of supplement <laughs> stores no i i remember <laughs> thinking i actually all i wanted was my one store and i just wanted like everybody to not even everybody i wanted like lots of people to just think like the supplement store is sweet that's actually all i wanted like i was 22 and i just thought it'd be cool to have people like want to go to that store um and then you know giving credit to other people Landon is kind of one of the guys who pushed me to think like you know a little bigger and off the start i was actually kind of hesitant and then he kind of put it to me like, you know, like if you actually want to change this industry, like you said, when you started, like if you have more locations and you open them properly, you could have a bigger impact. But with that, you have to be careful because if all of a sudden you just open a bunch of locations and who knows who's working them, then you have the exact opposite effect. For sure. And then that is also reflects on you as well. Yeah, it does. And like there's obviously highs and lows in everything and like not everything is a walk in the park, which people are like, Oh, well then I could start a chain of whatever I wanted to. Cause you started in at your Sutherland location, which was the location that, cause it was close to the gym that we went to. So we, that's the one we just naturally would stop at. What happened with the Sutherland location? Um, 
Okay, so this one, I hate to even talk about competition. I just have to use the word once, though. Um, we were in that Sutherland location, and it was good for us at the time. It was less rent, um, and it was the closest thing to the area that, like, myself and basically all the staff grew up in. There's, like, I think they say there's about 30,000 people in that University Heights area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of where we drew our customers from. And then a couple years in, actually, I got hit with two kind of blows that made me worried about our business back to back with competitors opening up pretty close. And one competitor opened up in that University Heights area. And so at that point, our central store was, it it was just a matter of time before it was going to go. Our our regulars would continue to drive and maybe wait at the train and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you know, when it's minus 30 and you want your supplements and you know, some of our customers maybe don't have a car or they have to walk because they're in the area or something. It's just, it's not feasible. Mm-hmm. So we had to move into the University Heights area just to be where our customers were. Yeah. Um, but And people are like, oh, but that's, if you've ever heard anything about Starbucks, yeah. that's why there's a lot of Starbucks in an area because it also draws to people to the area. They need coffee. They're going to yeah. come to that area. And they, I assume that's kind of what, you were doing like yeah i don't mind people need supplements they go to an that area then yeah and i don't mind competition at all like my my mindset has really changed a lot in the last few years um i used to be a little bit more fearful of competition and now like i definitely respect my competition and i I always respected them but i definitely respect them and i i really do believe there's like a lot a lot to go around um it's so weird that you said that because that's actually like in my notes here of like what I was going to talk about like ask you about next like yeah and we talk about this a lot on with like the different businesses that I've had on because I've had different nutrition coaches and you know I had someone who owns a spin studio and we all talk about the same thing there is enough business in this industry to support everybody and you know to think that you're going to have all the business to yourself and that people aren't going to go is a crazy thought for anyone to have, right? Yeah, and I think everybody wants to try their best to to get as many people in their door by doing the right things as they can. Um, like, you know, like, obviously it's it's a competition, but it's not, it's not we have to put them out of business or we're going out of business. It's not like that. It's, yeah. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think there's probably going to be times where we have a tough year and our competitors have a great year. Maybe they're on a hot streak of finding the cool new brands or something. And then I'm sitting at home and maybe I'm a little bit stressed, but that's what pushes me to come up with some new ideas maybe. Um, So I don't like, I don't really have any negative feelings towards competitors, even though in the, in the past I have maybe gotten worked up, but also, I mean, I was 23 years old and scared. Yeah. Um, and I know everybody in this industry too. And I like love everybody as well. And, and everybody's trying to support everybody because everybody wants everyone. I like for me, I want to see everybody do well. Yeah. And you're right. If there's no competition out there, people start to become complacent. And I know you yeah. could be like, well, yeah, but you have all the business then because you don't have any competition, but you stop trying and you stop hustling and getting out there and expanding your knowledge base and digging into things. And like you said, looking for new products and which is like, for me, I love to see the new stuff's out there and that people from all the different stores are 
bringing in. And that's why, you know, everybody has different, some different products at them. Yes, they do have some of the same stuff as well, but that's why it makes it nice that I could, you know, go grab something different at the store you used to be like that you guys yeah. just moved into on the West side and at the other places as well. Like there are some things that are different at them as well. Yeah. And, you know, change of scenery is nice too. Like I don't go to the same restaurant well, actually, I do go to the same restaurant pretty much every day for lunch. When, <laughs> when I'm going out for supper or something, I don't need to go to the same restaurant every single day. Or if I'm, you know, it's not like if I go to Home Depot, I'm like boycotting Rona or something. Yeah. Like it's just, so I totally get that. And I mean, as a business owner, I want people to come to Supplement World as, as many times as makes sense for them. So if we have the products, I'm hoping they're coming to get them from us. Um but I'm not going to hold it against somebody if they go somewhere else. Maybe they have a friend there. Maybe the other store has a deal on it. Maybe. Who knows? There's, I don't know. There's there's lots to go around. And I think competition's good. I actually think that, like, when we came into this marketplace, um, again, this is more from my dad. He's, I think he's a lot smarter than me. But <laughs> he, <laughs> he sounds like a smart guy. Yeah, he, I think he is. <laughs> um, he was talking a lot about, like, you know, like, my job, I'd have to go and really grow the market instead of just trying to take this existing market that was going to the store that was there at the time and cut it in half and get my half, you know? And so that's a big part of why we got so into the the demos and stuff. And we went and we went to company like wellness fairs and stuff. I think you were actually just at one yesterday or something. Yeah. But we, we started going and setting up and introducing people to the products. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if our competitors have the exact same sales as they did maybe they even grew too but i wouldn't be surprised if we didn't really like bring them down at all if we just grew the market a whole bunch you know if one person starts using protein powder and they tell their friend now you've got two new people using protein powder so maybe one of them comes to us and one of them goes to the other store and now you both you both win yeah Um, and when i like back in the day so you know i think 15 years ago when i had no idea like what the benefits of like protein powder supplements or, you know, some of the things that were out there were, I would go to GNC. I'll throw a store name out there. (laughs) I'd go to GNC in the mall. Okay. And, um, I, you know, had no idea about what I was even really looking at or why I needed it. Or I just knew if you worked out, you should be having protein powder. And (laughs) that was all that I kind of knew about it. And I was like, this store, I have no idea about any of the other things that are in here. And then you're looking at the pills and stuff. You're like, well, clearly I want to lose weight. So I better buy these fat burners because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that seems like an easy way for me to lose some weight. I'll just take some fat burners and be on my way. Yeah. And now that the stores have expanded so much. So I wouldn't even call your store just a supplement store it's like a health food store as well like there's so many more options and things in it and same with your competitors as well because like I wouldn't say that I'm a large supplement user yes protein powder but you know besides my vitamins and things like that but I still shop at these stores quite often yeah yeah we have like people come in who choose not to take any supplements if like depending how you define the word supplement but they still find products they'll they'll buy from us. I mean, a lot of people consider protein powder a food item or we have protein bars that are pretty much like, uh, some are all whole food now at this point. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool to see how it's 
how it's grown. It's not just like fat burners or creatine or yeah, you know, have all it's that, like but <laughs> glucosamine or whatever people are using for. I was like, we used to look at those, and I was like, this. They were the definition of a supplement store right it was yeah. those types of products and that was it and i was like well, i don't really need to shop here for anything than this protein powder that i needed to be i was like i don't even know what i'm doing in here but i feel like the the face of it has changed and you know being like in the nutrition world i and this you know this is part of it's that's further down in my list of things that we were going to talk about is like i send like my dad to pick up things and you know like so it's not that it's just health and fitness people like scratch that yes it's health obviously but when I think of the fitness industry it's not just athletes and people in the fitness industry it's people who are looking to benefit their health in general so and you guys have products not just supplements that can help people do that now yeah there's uh it's pretty cool. Like there's stuff just for like quality of life. I mean, like I've actually, my grandpa and grandma both use certain products from my store. They're not leaving with $200 a month of supplies, Yeah. but they're using products. Um, my dad drinks BCAs with electrolytes on the golf course instead of Gatorade now. Um, it just, he likes it. It's not as sweet. There's not all the sugar in there. The electrolytes keep him hydrated. Yeah. Um, there's, I don't know. It's pretty cool how it's grown. Like then we've got like the greens, the vitamins, whatever. It's, it's not just like an athletic supplement store anymore. No, I like the face of it has totally changed. And that's why it's super cool for, I think. And as you said, that's how you can grow the market. So you can do these different events and things like that. And then reach out to someone who is, you know, just into their health in general. And they might've thought that, Oh, I thought that this was only a store for bodybuilders. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the coolest stories. And I'm not saying that like supplements are the way to save the world or anything, but there was, um, he was an older individual. Um, he was out from near like the Dalmany area and he actually had like, it was like stage four cancer and he couldn't drink those insure drinks there was just too much sugar for him yes and it was actually oh my causing god it's so problems. funny you said that because when my dad was diagnosed they gave him like a case of insure and i was like oh boy don't yeah, drink that yeah so we found him an all-natural uh it was like a weight gainer product that's marketed towards athletes but he needed a high calorie shake and this one the carbs were from like oats and quinoa and the fats were healthier fat sources like flaxseed uh, lots of omegas and more just he, real food. Yeah, he ended up putting on lots of good weight again um, and just had a way better quality of life. And he actually reached out to thank us. And, you know, it's, I'm not saying that our supplements saved his life or anything, but it's it's just pretty cool that, like, that's what's in a supplement store now. For sure. And that's when you were like, I love, like, one of the best things that I love is, like, you know, being able to help out in the community and things like that. That's what I love is when someone reaches out to you and be like, well, I helped a little bit in somebody's life. Yeah. And it's, it just it can be just a little bit. Yeah. But you still helped. And it makes you feel good. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, that's why I do this. Yeah. If you're ever feeling burnt out or something, you can look at that. This is something that um, I've heard people like, busy business people do is they have an email folder of like or a, a 
messages folder that they can keep with nice messages in them. So whenever they're having a crappy day or they've been like shit on by someone or whatever, they just go into that folder and just like reread some of the old messages and are like, yeah, I did help. And I, (laughs) that's a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, okay, I'm back in, like got my head back in the game again. I feel good. Yeah. That's a really good idea. It's funny because like a few years ago, I would looked at so many of these things that that I do or that I hear about now like that those little techniques and just thought oh that's fluffy that's soft whatever and then <laughs> and then you get a bit older and life beats you up a little bit yeah. and then you're like oh, that's a pretty good idea like actually I what are those messages that yeah. make me feel nice I need those right now for sure and it happens to everybody I think I think so yeah um okay so you guys and we talked about this a bit so you made the switch yeah. you were a franchise owner previous to being a locally because now you're a hundred percent locally you're your own store your name your brand that's all you does it come down to the fact that you had created like your supporters and your following and a business based more on you than a name and just we're like i don't really need to be paying a franchise fee anymore yeah okay so this one is it's a really weird setup that i got myself into actually okay <laughs> um, okay and i'm just gonna go ahead and use the name because I don't think I'm going to get sued. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I so can we, use it. Yeah. No, we were, we were, we were a store called Herx. Yeah. And that's just, that is what it is. So I don't think I'm doing anything wrong if I am. Well, a lot of people, <laughs> some people just um, accidentally call you Herx still yeah, too. Yeah. I, I, it took me a few months to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, so actually when I started, like I needed, a, I needed a loan as we said, and I couldn't quite get that as like a total independent if I just wanted to be Josh's supplement store. Um, and so having that name helped me get what I needed, but it wasn't ever actually a franchise. I paid a one-time fee for that name to a guy in Ontario and pretty much like he came down to Saskatoon, like a nice enough guy, like I'm not saying anything bad, but yeah, I, I knew what I was getting. I wanted my own store. That's, that's why I actually went with this one. Um, there was a very strong franchise that's actually in Saskatoon now that if I wanted like the franchise route, they would have been the choice. They're they're growing so fast. They're a great chain. Yeah. But I wanted to like make Josh's supplement store. So I found this store that I could buy the name and then I had total freedom. Um, so I wasn't actually paying any royalties or any license fees. Or sorry, I paid a one-time license fee. Right. And then I wasn't paying any ongoing fees or anything. Um and so with that, we were able to really create like our own supplement store. Um, our shakes that we had, like they were totally unique to us. Um, the other stores that we shared a name with, they used like, they had shakes, but they had actual ice cream in their shakes. Okay. And I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to have something different. Um, and so we got this like sugar-free dessert mix made with a coconut oil creamer. Um, you had it made or you found we, it? We, we found it. We had one made and we found one. Okay. So we, and we're actually... People might get worried, but we're working on making a different version of it right now. We just need to get it to taste the same, but just so we can open it up to a few more people so they can have the shakes. Yeah, because uh, people love them. Yeah, <laughs> we're only going to do it if we can get the taste exactly the same, though. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, we got this, we'll call it a dessert mix, because I don't like to use the word ice cream because there's no dairy in it. Right. Um, and people really liked the shakes and, you know, people liked our style of doing business. They liked the way we did, um, like our deals and our promotions. They liked our structure that didn't come from a head office, all of our shakers and t-shirts. Um, well, I like, I didn't 
design them. I told designers what we wanted and they made them and then we got them manufactured on our own. So we didn't have any, I wouldn't say support from a head office. Um, and then as the years went on, um, I hate to like sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but the, the name Herx in Saskatchewan got pretty known and it started to spread out to like Alberta and stuff. And people started emailing, wanting to open these Herx stores. And it was kind of weird because they were wanting to open our business model. They didn't know that when they reached out, they weren't getting yeah, our I didn't, business model. When you said that, I thought it was a franchise, like not just a name and you were the... I think a lot of people did and I totally understand why. And it was, we tried a few times to like put that message out there, but it's tough to do that without like sounding like, like it's really tough to type a message and not like portray yourself wrong. We didn't yeah. want to sound like bitter to, Hey, no, we're on our own. That wasn't the goal. It was just yeah. like, you know, we actually were operating as a total independent store. Um, some of the other stores ended up contacting the company and getting the same shakers sent to them that we had made. So it, you know, it even made it look more like we were a part of a big chain. So from the outside, 100% understand why people thought that. Yes. Um, but that's also why it was so easy to just change names. Like I wasn't, I didn't have to get out of a contract or stop paying fees. I literally just called the day that we were doing it and just changed the signs. Um, so nothing actually changed on the business end. I didn't save any money by changing names. Um, you could just be your own brand then. Yeah. 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 So we just literally changed. Um, some big reasons for doing it um, were like, as we talked before about some of the staff that I have maybe wanted to go on to, to do more things with the company. In that way, it opened up a whole bunch more opportunities because they couldn't really just go open everywhere with that name. Right. When it, when it was a name that I paid to use. Um, they would have to pay for the name still too, right? To and then, then to we'd open? be getting into this whole mess because the last like the last like year we were under the name Herx, they were trying to standardize things a bit more and we had our way of doing things. So I I was just like, sorry, we're not changing. And so if they would have wanted to open a store, they probably would have had to sign a different agreement than I signed. Right. And so it just, it was starting to get like messy and I, I'm not saying anything bad about the other side of it. It's just no. we had a system that worked for us in our community. And I think that we got to the point where to change our business model would have been riskier than to change our name. Yeah. Um, so. But I like, I think when you're like, oh, when I say this, it's going to sound bad, but it doesn't. Like people respect that you created a vision and they don't want to see you change it either because they like what you're offering right now. And they're like, oh, okay. Because when I saw the the name change, that's what we thought. I was, oh, it's a franchise. He's big enough now. He doesn't need to pay a franchise fee. Yeah. Right. Because, and that's why a lot of people do things like that. Right. Because yeah. we're talking business today. This yeah. isn't just health and fitness today. People are like, if you can save that money and not pay a franchise fee uh, and keep some of that in your pocket, or putting it back into your business, then that's the route that you want to ideally go with it as opposed to just always paying out the franchise fees. 100%. And I, I think that like a good franchise should make it so that even if like you should be saving more than you're paying. So if mm -hmm. you're paying 6% to a, to a head office, your savings on costs and marketing and everything, you should be coming out ahead. Otherwise, like you can't really blame somebody for leaving a franchise. Yeah. Um, and like, like anybody who is in business is going to hear what you're saying. And they're just like, yeah, that 
totally makes sense. Like, I understand why he does it. And then anybody who doesn't, they're like, now they're like, oh, I understand. So it's not that it sounds bad. That's just the way that the business went. Yeah. Yeah. We were lucky that we weren't paying any of those fees. So that, that avoided a whole headache. I don't know, like, you know, a lot of franchise agreements, I don't think we could have gotten out of. Most of them are like, if you're in an actual franchise agreement, you're probably locked in for five or 10 years and you probably have a non-compete agreement. So you can't, you can't go out and do that. Yeah. You're, you're probably in a whole different world most of the time. Yes, that's, I didn't even think of that part, but yeah, you would probably be in a non-compete so people don't do that. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, like it happened with Motion Fitness though. They were, they were World Gym and they rebranded and they were able to do it. So it it happens, but I, I don't know. We got lucky. We got lucky that the contract I signed wasn't something like ironclad or really strict or, and it didn't leave a bunch of bad blood. I mean, obviously it's, it's not easy separating like that. No. Um, but I mean, like if I, if I saw the guy at a trade show, I'd ask him how he's doing and stuff. Yeah. And... But that's also your personality. Like you're a genuinely nice person. So you would <laughs> never be like holding a grudge with someone. And Yeah, I, I think I've gotten a lot more like that. I mean, I wasn't perfect. And I'm still not perfect, but you, you were you 20, kinda... <laughs> you were 22 when you first started, right? Yeah, you learn like... a lot along the way and you learn about what actually matters and stuff. And you just kind of, you just realize that things don't always work out and <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah. Okay. So we've touched on this a little bit, but why is your business different than the rest of them out there? What's the motto? Yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about, you know, the vision of the chain, which is amazing. Yeah. And I think that's a fantastic vision for compared to like when you initially started and just yeah. thought one store. Yeah. But yeah, like why are you different than the rest? Than the rest. Yeah. That's um okay. A little bit of props to competitors, I guess, because I still think we're very different but I think that we're less different than we were three years ago. And I think that a lot of the competitors have moved in the right direction. Um, so I, I, I still think we're very different, but I do think we're less different. Um, so when I'm starting this, um, I'm more talking about how things were like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we came into the industry and I mentioned I didn't really need to worry about money or anything. I was living at home. I just had to worry about paying off my loan. I wasn't worried about you know, getting rich or I'd never liked fancy cars. So I didn't have to worry about that stuff. Um, and I loved supplements. So I just had this idea that we were going to get people the absolute best stacks. And back then, like supplements are awesome and they have their purpose. But like, I was like huge on them back then. Like they were just like, my life revolved around reading about them and stuff. So I thought that we were making the and I, we're still making a big difference, but I thought we were making the biggest difference ever, like setting people up with these these stacks that would save them money, get them better results. Um, and I kind of wanted to, I felt like almost like I was rebelling at the time. It was like, you know, we're not going to sell on profit margins. We're not going to sell on big brands. We're going to sell what people actually need. Um, and if you look at like pre-workouts are an easy category to use. The, the products that were hot like three or four years ago, um, they were underdosed in all the key ingredients that that you rely on for blood flow or endurance or strength. They were pretty much just like a powdered energy drink that you paid $60 for. I remember there was one at the time that was, um, I'm not going to name the name. I, I actually did name the name a couple of years ago and got in trouble for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but the product was selling to, to retailers for $10 and then it was on the shelves for $50. And I just thought that was criminal. Like you need like, you need a markup, mm-hmm. but 
that's just too much. But stores were just looking at those profit margins and just selling the product like crazy. Put, yeah, Even pushing though, it not because it was what they believed in, but because of the profit margin. Yeah, you make $40 every time you sell the product. And uh, it was able to be only $10 for retailers because there was nothing good in it. Um, like when you're using good ingredients like citrulline at the proper dose or beta alanine at the proper dose, um, betaine at the proper dose, they're not cheap at all. Um, caffeine is cheap. So you can make a pre-workout, load it up with caffeine, people feel great, um, but they're not getting any like long-term benefits. And so we kind of came on and I was like, you know, screw this. We're going to sell, we're going to sell the good stuff. Like, and we at the time thought, you know, people will notice the difference and they'll come back. They'll keep buying the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, with protein, we took kind of like a different approach, um, instead of selling everybody the the $90 tubs of protein, we'd talk to them and figure out what they actually need. Because if somebody doesn't have a lactose intolerance or they don't need something gluten-free, they can probably get away with a, a less expensive protein that's still really high quality and save maybe $30 on it. Instead mm-hmm. of buying a whey isolate, they could buy a high quality whey concentrate. And so we started showing people these different options that they didn't know were out there. And we got a lot of like appreciation for that people were pretty thankful and they told their friends and you know people are like sending their friends who are maybe somebody's new to supplements and they're like oh well go to supplement world i I know the guys there they won't they won't screw you over they'll they'll get you what you need because in this industry like it's it's gotten so much better but it did used to be like a lot of you just people would sell whatever they could in the store they'd be like yeah you need this stack you need all six of these products you got to take them all together um it's only going to cost you four hundred dollars a month and that was like, oh that was like the, that was like the goal back then. Like I know some of the, um, well, I mean, you named it GNC, like, like the commission structures and stuff, getting paid more to sell certain products because the margins are higher for the company. So we just, we just wanted to change all that. And then in combination with that on like the, the product end, we wanted to actually get out and really like support people in what they were doing. Um, so we started taking on like local athletes and helping with like, uh, paying for flights to competitions, okay. um, helping with some of their supplement expenses, just helping athletes kind of get to get to their destinations um, and try to actually help along the way instead of just like, yeah, here's 10% off, like market our stuff for us, please. Yeah. Um, we tried to like pick people that were putting everything they could into it and really help them. So we ended up, we got really lucky with our some of our first athletes. We had Ashley Quick, um, who a lot of people in town know, and she was great for us. Um, we got Vince Warwick on the bodybuilding side, who a lot of people really respected and liked. Um, Callie Youngstrom ended up becoming one of our athletes, and she was amazing. And so we had like a we had a really good network on that side, and mm-hmm. we were supporting them, and they were supporting us. So that really helped separate us as well. We had like a I don't know if I call it like an army, but an army of people, and we were all friends, and we all got along, and we were all working towards common goals like we were helping them they were helping us and it was all with like kind of the same value system in place like right nobody ever wanted to make a buck like short term doing something wrong use my code and then i'll get whatever like as many dollars from the sale of that towards the purchase that's something that i can purchase which is generally how it works with a lot of ambassador programs for you know sponsored athletes or whatever they are right it's it is and like you know that's we just launched our our web store and like there's so many people like you know kind of pushing you to go that direction because i do think it's a great way if you want to make some money quick but it's just tough because how do you control what 
is getting recommended. If we could find a way to do a setup like that where it helps filter people to to really good products, they can get really good advice. Then, then you need maybe, one of those but... annoying pop-ups that, and I know I say yeah. they're annoying, but it's like, then someone can ask because I was literally just registering for a competition yeah. and they were like, how can I help you? I'm like, I don't need any help. I'm just registering for this competition. <laughs> yeah. They can be annoying, but I've got like, yeah, I have like all these like ideas that I don't know if they'll ever happen or not, but I was like thinking like, it'd be so cool to one day have like employees that are also in Australia and people here so we can have like 24 hour people just answering questions about supplements and almost create like an in-store experience online. Um, you need um, to read the four hour work week and <laughs> all of those books. They, it's like how to take ideas like this yeah. and put them into play and like where you would get, you know, staffing for something like that to yeah. create. Yeah. A, he's amazing. You need to read his books. Yeah, I'll definitely read And that. you'll and they're easy reads and you're like, oh, that's a good idea. But like totally talks about ideas like that and how you can take them to like the next level and not, you know, insert yourself too much because you're probably like, I already have a few things on my plate right now. It's really hard when you have these ideas. And that's that creative business mindset. You're like, ideas spewing out of my head and I'd like to do them all, but there's only this much of me to go around. Yeah, you can't really keep up with all the ideas, but... We're lucky that like people are taking on more and more responsibility around the stores and in the company. And with people wanting to open their own stores, they want to learn more so you can delegate more responsibility. So some of the stuff like that was just like ideas before, I think in the next year, like we can actually start to do, which is like pretty cool, but it's also a lot of pressure because I'm handing off a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it's which, your baby, right? Yeah, but like, <laughs> like the guys and well... We actually have quite a few girls working with us now too. I'm so used to saying the guys because for a long time we we had all guys and Yvonne. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh the people who are involved and in wanting to take this further, um, they're they're really good and I have a lot of trust in them. So it does make it easier to hand off the responsibility. Yeah. And like just going back to your sponsored athletes, like when you were first starting, were you targeting yourself towards, and you're going to say no, but a bodybuilding, <laughs> um, the bodybuilding athlete, because like, you know, I don't know. I don't have a lot of like, I, I mean, I have people who do shows and stuff like that, friends that have done shows, but you know, everybody knows that my community is the CrossFit community and yeah. things like that. So were you like, when you initially started, like that was the market that we need to target. But now that you've been in business for a few more years that you're like, oh, there's so many more markets and we need to expand um, into that. Um, if I'm being perfectly honest, I would say that like the target market that I was first going for was like, I'll call them like the bros. I thought it was just oh, like, yeah. and so sometimes that overlaps with the bodybuilding category. I didn't really know very much about like, you know, the bikini competitions and the difference between figure and physique and all because that. Because they need different supplements than the bros do, right? Yeah. And I just like, I just was like, so I started out and I just wanted to get jacked. And then I got into a phase where I wanted to be like, I wanted to be a power lifter. Um, but I didn't have like, I shouldn't say I didn't have access, but I didn't find the proper information on all like the, the mobility work and all the other stuff that goes into that. So my body got pretty beat up and then I just wanted to get jacked again. That's, that's really what it is. I was 21. I just wanted to get jacked and then 22 had the store and I was like, yep, these are the people that'll be our customers. Guys like me, mostly they'll come in and want to get that pump on. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of where it started. And then, um, 
and then like we didn't really like change how we like posted or talked for quite a while but i think like like different markets started coming in i think what happened is maybe like the again i'll use the word the bros they'd come in and then their parents maybe heard about protein powder and they'd they'd bring their parents in or they'd bring their girlfriend in and then we got the shakes going and then so maybe two people would come in the guy would be looking for their supplements and the girl would try a shake and she loved it and then you know once you try a product from a place you like you're like oh well, maybe maybe there's other stuff here that i like and and then we just kind of yeah just kind of started expanding um more and more people were trying out of our products and it wasn't like we were trying to like target like guys to be a guy store just at the time that's who i thought used supplements i thought it was young guys like myself and then i learned really quickly that i was super wrong and i also don't know it could have been that the industry changed a lot too. Like I was at Mark Morris. He's a coach in town. Mm-hmm. Just he had his doing, wife on last last podcast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he was doing a seminar at our store and he said, it's really cool to see because when he used to do these things, it would be all males in the group. And he said that now it's up to about, he said, he actually said 50-50. It's about 50% males, 50% females. Mm-hmm. And so it also could be that right around the time we were growing could have been the time when it was becoming a lot more normal for for females to be in the gym and training hard and talking about it and supporting each other in that. And so I, I don't know how the timing lined up. Um, but, but it's I'm funny really you say that. It went that way. Like, I remember when, like, we first started coming into the store. I always yeah. saw, like, Nathaniel. And he didn't, like, he knew what CrossFit was, obviously. But he didn't, like, know a whole pile about it. Because it wasn't what he was, like, super interested in or whatever. Yeah. So it was kind of like, what do you guys need? And like, because it's yeah. me, like I knew what I was headed in there for and what we were picking up. And like my husband used to like, just do like, he was just, he was a, just a gym bro before that, you yeah. know, like yeah. some isolated movements and things like that, which I know nothing about either. And I yeah. can say that fairly. So he used to go in and get stacks when he used to do that. So he kind of knew what he was getting. I knew what I was, but I think like Nathaniel with me was just kind of like, I don't really know. Like, much about like what you guys need like in your sport and stuff like that and it's totally changed and like just the health industry and all. and when I'm talking like clients and we're talking it could be anybody from an athlete like a nutrition client could be any anyone from an athlete to you know, um, mom at home and we have to tell them to where to go like to the store yeah. to get you know types of things that will you know, help their nutrition goals and taste good because that taste is the is main thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you said really cool about like when you come in and again, Nathan will be there. And um, that's something I think actually helped us a lot too, though, is like when the CrossFit people did come in, like, I don't, do you remember back then? Like it was almost, it was all over the internet. It was cool for people to make fun of CrossFit. That, mm-hmm. was, that was the trend. Yes. Um, everybody was making fun of CrossFit. Um, and thankfully we were like, we were, we just knew that we didn't know anything about it. So when CrossFit people came in, instead of trying to tell them, I shouldn't say CrossFit people, like it's like a type of person, but when people who did CrossFit came oh, in. Oh, it's a type it of person. Be, okay. <laughs> when, when people who did CrossFit came in though, yeah. instead of us trying to tell them what they needed, we kind of tried to do more listening than talking off the start um, and learn about what it is that people do when they're training CrossFit and then once you once you have an understanding of what they do and what their day looks like, what their training looks like, um, then then that's where our prior knowledge can come. And be like, oh, well, this would help with this. This would help with this. And so that, 
like you're right when when you would have first started coming in we didn't really know much about crossfit i almost felt like embarrassed to say it because i'm like oh they're gonna think like (laughs) these crossfit people you know and like and i know you're like oh no it's not like that but it's like back in the at that time that's what people did you're right they made fun of crossfit they were like what are these people doing with their kipping pull-ups and you know like (laughs) well i think i think probably everybody at some point jumped on the bandwagon and made a little CrossFit joke. Like it was a thing. And now I look at the people doing CrossFit and I'm like, Oh, that person could kick my butt at like anything. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like, I'm, I, it's almost like, it's almost gone the other way. Cause I'm not like a bodybuilder. So I can't say like, well, no, this is why I train like this. Um, and then I see these people doing all these athletic functional movements. And then I'm like, Oh, like it's kind of embarrassing. Like hopefully they don't ask me to do something like that. And so I, it's just an appreciation for a, a different sport. Yeah. And I've, I've started trying to train not like, I don't think that I would get into CrossFit myself. Mm-hmm. Um, just because for me, like, I like working out. It's it's kind of like my my alone time. Um, but I have tried to actually integrate like more athletic movements. Yeah, back some functional, some functional wor- like movements into it. Yeah. yeah. And like I was at that Voodoo Fitness Festival and watching some of it. And a lot of that's kind of got me like, yeah, like wondering, like, yeah, like it's cool to to look jacked and stuff but it's also cool to be able to do what a lot of those people are doing and it's like finding what works best for you and like you said you're like i like doing my own thing because i need some quiet time whereas i sit at home and work by myself all day i need to go out and be around some people for an hour or two of my day so you know like that too and also i don't know anything about like one time we went to um motion and we were like okay <laughs> what do we do what do we do we're like do we just do like a metcon like can we just <laughs> we're like no we're here we're gonna we're gonna just lift some weights and do it that way yeah but it is it's totally different but that's something that's i think that's actually helped us it's very like open-minded people even like landon like he's he's mr bodybuilding but he's really open to everything else and he thinks he thinks other training styles are really cool and now like now that we have more staff off the start, I thought like, oh, this is going to be difficult and there are difficulties, but it's so cool that we have, we have like a couple Huskies football players. We have MMA fighters. We have, um, we actually have one girl who just joined our team who does CrossFit. And I think it sounds like she's really good at it. Um, her name is Polina. Oh, and nice. Yeah. I, I do know who she is. Yeah. She's amazing at handstand walking. Is she? Yeah. Like, don't ask her to do that because you'll <laughs> feel bad about yourself. You yeah. watch her and be like, my mind is blown. Yeah. So I think it's like really cool. We're getting to learn, like, all of us are open-minded enough to learn from each other. So I think that, like, regardless if somebody comes in and they do CrossFit or powerlifting or bodybuilding or they just want to be healthy, I think that we have something we can offer. Maybe not all the answers, but it's, it's been cool learning from, like, all the different types of people. Yeah, like I've seen definitely a shift in your business model as well from that too, so. Yeah, yeah, we had to, like we adjusted a bit while still tr- like staying true, which is, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to find that balance sometimes and like, I don't know, not not word something wrong and offend a certain group of people when you're not trying to, to say anything bad about a certain way of training or a certain way of dieting or anything like that. Yeah, especially um, since people look up to you in, you know, this industry. And like, I'm not, because it's the same. It's like, y- you know, when people follow you, they follow you for your advice and your knowledge on the products and stuff in, in the industry. So yeah. you're right. It's ha- it's a hard line because you want to, like, you're like, okay, so we had this pre-workout. It was crap. 
I don't want to sell it to anyone, but you're not going to go on a rant about that. You're just like, okay, I'm not going to say what it was. We're just going to take it off our shelves. Yeah. If someone asks me about it, I'll recommend something different. Yeah. And that was something that was hard for me to accept. Sometimes you have to watch somebody actually get something that you don't think is the best, but like you have to, you, it sounds weird, but you have to have everything on the shelf pretty much. Um, because somebody comes in looking for it and you don't have it, and then you try to show them an alternative, they don't believe you. They think that you're just showing them that because you don't have it. But if you actually have this product sitting on your shelf and you tell them it's it's here, but I don't think this is the best one for your goals, they know that you're not just desperate to make the sale. For sure. You're you're just showing something that maybe you think is better. Yeah. Um. So that's, yeah. But it is hard sometimes. You watch somebody buy stuff that they read about online that maybe even is a fine product, but it's just not right for them i don't know it's it's an interesting position to be into going back to like giving the giving advice or whatever like i found for us if we if we know a decent amount about each different diet or training style then it's not up to us to tell people what to do but if they're gonna if they're gonna do the keto diet we can maybe help give them some advice on what what is deemed as a proper keto diet should maybe look like or if they're gonna if they're gonna train in a powerlifting style we can give some advice on where to go to get that information. Or maybe if it's somebody who does do powerlifting, they can help like guide them to what a proper program should look like. But we're not going to tell you, no, you have to train like a powerlifter or you have to train CrossFit or you have to eat keto or you have to. So it's, it's kind of like we're in a weird spot where we can't really say one way is right, but we have to know enough about each different area that we can guide people who maybe need some direction. No, for sure. That's where it's nice to have like experts like in each each category. Like I know Courtney Berg, she knows so much about nutrition or you get like for us, like Mark Morris, if people need powerlifting help or we can send them to Rise Strength Lab to go see Brandon or there's just, there's people in every field and I know some of them are competitors like with each other in the nutrition side and stuff, but we just, we have people we can speak highly of like but we talk about that in nutrition world too it's like not every nutrition coach is right for every client and not every client is right for every nutrition coach yeah so it's the same thing everybody is gonna have the one that clicks with them yeah and if yeah if you try out a coach and it doesn't work you try out another one it works who who is somebody else to tell you no you have to go with the other coach yeah and like you can't just like you said send them all to one person because that is not gonna be always the right fit for them either no no, I love it. I love your business model and, you know, like, I guess everything that you kind of like breathe into the industry. It's a huge industry. It's, I heard the other day, what, $3.5 billion health and fitness industry. There's plenty of business for everyone to have a little bit of and for us to be passionate with the people that we're serving as well. So I thank you so much for coming in and sitting down with me today and yeah, just being open and because I think I asked some of the questions that, you know, people who follow you, they were maybe wondering too and, and not like trying to put you on the spot or anything like that, just out of genuine curiosity and wanting to know more about you and your business. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Those were good questions, actually. A lot of stuff that I've kind of wanted to touch on with social media stuff, but not sure how to bring it up. So I'm glad you asked the questions you did. Um, yeah, yeah people can awesome. now just listen and you can be like, you know what? Listen to the podcast. I kind of talk about all of it there and you don't have to type. Yeah, it and I am, I'm pretty open. So if people have other questions, they can they can message me or whatever and I'll do my best to explain. But hopefully that answered some questions, especially about the name change. I think a lot of people 
we're wondering about that. So hopefully Name that... change, the new store purchase, <laughs> yeah. and the moving of the first location. Yeah. Those were three. The big and three, like, probably. Yeah, those are the big three. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Josh. Yeah, thank you. Head over to my Instagram page at sweat underscore effect for all of my insights, experiences, and daily dose of goodness. Until next time, keep on having fun and keeping fit.